episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Royce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. We're still uh, at my kitchen table in New York. It's been weeks. It's I live here. Weeks. <laughs> you're, you're, you're squatting. You have squatters' rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kath wants to get rid of me and can't. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> It was it was funny when Pat came in because uh, I was saying, oh, you'll probably never see my cat. And you were like, yeah, no, I am like the what did what the, was the thing I'm you the said? Cloverfield monster. You're the, yes, I'm the Cloverfield monster for cats, which is so true because you're just you're big and you're loud yeah. and you have a beard and yeah. you're <laughs> just that, everything that like a skittish cat just doesn't hates. like. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that, so, that's me. I have friends that say they have cats, and I just have to take their word for it. Yeah, I've Zelda. Never seen them. Zelda has been in the closet for weeks. Yeah, she found a new spot to hide. She that's did. <laughs> she did. She found it. Pat scared her so much. She found a brand new hiding place. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad. I, 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 She'll live. There's so many times in my life where I, I end up feeling like fucking. Um, uh, is it Lenny from Mice and Men? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, no, I just want to love you, cat. Come back. <laughs> She's fine. I fed her. I fed her some treats uh, while she sat in the corner of my closet yeah. earlier. Aww. So she's that's what's she's up. okay. I feel like that's how you know. It's like if you're too scared to eat, then you're really scared. But yeah. like you'll take the treats. Out yeah. of you're yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm just you're traumatized. Just, and you're just being dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's the cats that like at my girlfriend's apartment complex. There's uh. Uh, a, a whole like gang of stray cats that, that move around and they seem cool with me but they're not scared of anything like mm. they, yeah yeah they, they look death in the eyes every day yeah austin i remember like my neighborhood in austin had feral cats but it also had a roving pack of stray chihuahuas that oh, was like yeah just like a gang that like ran the streets it was wild that's so tight. Yeah, my, my friend, I remember one time my friend, my friend who lived near me had a chihuahua and it ran away for a while and it just joined that gang. Oh, that's <laughs> and tight. Like, she like found him again and it was like, man, you're just like, you were on like a rumspringa yeah. being <laughs> a, being a pet. Like, wild when stuff. I was, when we were all, uh, when I was like younger and I was like 20 and I lived with like a group of dudes at uh, the Russ house, the mm-hmm. house that all the Russ stuff happened at, we had a pit bull named Trouble. And uh, Trouble was one of the best looking pit bulls I've ever seen in my whole life. And he used to like, we would like all leave and like go about our daily business. We'd be pulling up to the house, getting out of cars, walking up. And more than a couple times, we'd all be getting there and seeing everybody, oh, what's up? And then Trouble would just start walking up. And we'd just be like, <laughs> where were you at? <laughs> like, what were you doing? That actually reminds me, I forgot to ask you, when you came in last night, was CJ outside? My unofficial doorman? Oh, um, I think so. I believe, yeah, yeah, they were. They were still outside. They were yeah, still outside. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was telling Pat, um, it's a waste of money to get a doorman building in New York because if you live in the right neighborhood, there's just a guy who's selling <laughs> weed outside your building all the time. And he has this head in a swivel. Like, he, yeah. he, he will frequently just be like, hey, are you getting all your mail? <laughs> like, yeah. he's... He is totally like, because I've thought about I've thought about trying to do some tenant organizing in my building, and like if I do that, I'm going right to CJ. Like he knows everybody, he yeah. he keeps an eye on if packages go missing. Like he's that's yeah, man. People don't realize that you think like 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 there's that that common knowledge where you're like oh well you know somebody's hanging outside your building selling weed that's bad. Like yeah, I swear you more often than not it's good. This like trust me. On he that. keeps an eye on shit. Yeah. Like it, it's having a person constantly out there is like not a bad thing yeah. i mean there's definitely stuff that goes on on my street that like probably shouldn't yeah. but like <laughs> but yeah he they, knows what's up they've been cool with my car so far uh like yeah, I, yeah. I, I buy whole for listeners that are in new york this is like again it's like a, a big texas tell of my stupid texas brand i was like planning with kath all week i was like i'm gonna 
come and pick up the key and then go drop my car off at my manager's house in Long Island and then come back out of the city. And you were like, why don't you just park out here? And I was like, I was under the impression that it was impossible. It was impossible, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, it's not... Um, it's not great. Like, if you have a car, yeah. it is a huge burden if you don't have a place to park it. But if you're just here for a couple of days, it's not that bad. Yeah, years ago, I told you the story in a text. I found myself, I, I, came to, I came to Brooklyn to do some shows. Uh, like, this is back in, like, 2012. Mm-hmm. And I was on, on a heavy air quote tour with a bunch of comedians, you know? like, And we came in, and I uh, we went to this person's house in, like, in fucking Park Slope. And we were hanging out there, but it was, like, a packed-ass party. We'd been traveling. I was drunk. I was tired. I just want to go to sleep. My Acura was parked outside. I was like, I'm going to go sit in my Acura. It was hot. And I was like, okay, here's what I'll do. I'm going to run the AC just until I'm about to fall asleep. And then I'll turn it off and go to sleep. You passed out and your battery died. Passed out the AC. Woke up. Only car on the street. Street sweeper behind me. Honking. Honking. Battery's dead. I had to go wake the guy up who lived there. And he's like, my car's parked four blocks away. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, uh, I was like, I'm never coming back to Brooklyn. Right. (laughs) I can never see this guy again. Yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) I do not have the resources to repay him for this. So I just can't ever talk to him again. I think we're still friends on Facebook. It was one of those guys where I was like, how the fuck do I know this guy? Mm. And then one day a memory came up and I was like. Oh, right. He saved my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I stopped him from getting pelted with rocks by a fucking. Uh, sweet street sweeper driver. Well, guys, uh, speaking of rocks. Okay. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Yeah, speaking of rocks, uh, I wanted to talk today about... So I was driving through Massachusetts uh, from... I was going from... Uh, did you do any Massachusetts shows? Did I do any Massachusetts shows? No, I did Westerly, Rhode Island, and then I went to upstate New York, but I drove ah. through mm-hmm. Massachusetts. And uh, I, I I discovered a little a little New England tale that I was like you know what I, I want to go ahead and uh, and talk about this today and this is going to be about the Massachusetts State Drug Lab employee by the name of Annie Dukan yes whose job it was to test crack rocks <laughs> among <laughs> okay, other okay. among other things <laughs> so, yeah and she was also what some might have called a rock star yes. in her profession and. Um, that's all I got. I was like, any more puns? No. Okay, the pun bank is, is clear. Is this the one? Oh, I'll, I'll wait. Because I, I, I think I know this story. I, I know of a drug lab employee in Massachusetts story, but there's multiple ones. There's two. I figured yeah. that out while I was like fine, like fine point checking like this episode. I was like, I was like, let me see where all these people landed at. And I looked it up and I was like, another one, same lab? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, let's uh, dive let's right into, into this one. I'm going to be reading from a science history uh, article. Uh, Science History, lovely, lovely magazine. I am a subscriber. Uh, No, so everyone was so thrilled for Annie Dukan. Dukan did quality control for a vaccine maker near Boston, and no one in the lab worked harder. She was often the first to arrive in the morning and the last to leave at night. After hours, she also began working toward a graduate degree in chemistry through a part-time program at Harvard University. Okay, so this is already, we're going, this is a vaccine maker (laughs) with corrupt employees. Okay, I see where this is going. This is the information I want people to get out there. Sorry if you're scared of the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, I want to say that is like, uh, I don't know if people know this about Boston, but like th- that is a huge healthcare city. Like there, there is. Oh yeah, that is a huge part of its economy. We, My brother works in healthcare. In doesn't Boston. roll. That, I, I wonder if that like rolls out of the fact there's so many universities yeah, there too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a big research town. But like, yeah. I feel like people don't. They think of it as like a the college like. 
college town, but don't think about the fact that yeah. it's like it's a huge like medical technology uh, as well. I need to put this out to the ether just because I need to. Uh, speaking of medical stuff, I was at a bar in Connecticut. I got this rash. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, I will post a picture on the page. <laughs> but I was at a bar in Connecticut, and a woman I was talking to who like was sitting at the table like, who knew my cousins or cousin was talking about how she was out of work and was waiting on a fake vax card so she could get a job at an old folks home. Oh my god. And I god. was just like I was like don't no and like I don't know this person. I mean I told right. I definitely told her it was fucked up. I, I was I, I had no problem telling her that. I was right. like she was like no I was like girl don't do that. She goes no I like old people. I was like I wasn't saying don't work with them. I was saying <laughs> if you fucking like them so much, you know like I Maybe was, you could do them a huge yeah, favor and not give them covid. Do the small fucking solid of not doing that. Yeah. And so if you're <laughs> out there and and you're in Terraville, Connecticut, and you are running. Fuck you, lady. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. And also, <laughs> if you happen to be involved in the hiring process at any local old folks' homes, double check those vax cards because there is a. Yeah, that that horrified me. <laughs> that's that's fucked up. Just like. I mean, don't get a fake vax, vax card, but if you're going to get a fake vax card, work anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, work yeah, at a, yeah, literally anywhere else. Just stay out of, like, the old folks' yeah. homes and the <laughs> cancer wards and shit. Jesus. Uh, my, my vax card doesn't have uh, my my name on it because I got it from my fucking roommate. I got my first shot from my roommate who is in uh, nursing school. Oh, good. And so That's she just showed bad. up at my work with a... a, a, a it's a, like when people get stick and poke tattoos. Yeah. You got the vaccine that way. You're like, I got vaxxed at a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would I have, true to form, would I have got vaxxed any other way? That's, that's my style. But she, yeah, weren't you like in the back room at work or I something? I was literally in the back room of Thundercloud at Riverside. At Riverside, <laughs> yeah, because like my roommate's in nursing school. She was at a, a Vax drive, and they were like, hey, here's like seven shots that are about to expire. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. If so if you have anybody in your life. Minute. So she yeah. called me, where are you at? I was like, hey, come on through. She gave me she gave me the card, but she was in a hurry because I was at work, didn't fill it out. So I've shown this to a couple people before, and I always had to explain, like, I assure you, this is me, da, da, da. And everybody's been cool with it. But I fucking, uh, at one point I said I was like, I was talking to a comedian. I was like, yeah, I always give that preface because I look like a guy who'd have a fake spat. Yeah, fake yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you wait, you should you should get the booster and then you'll have two and it'll look that's, real. That, that, that's I, what you got to do. That's definitely what I need to do. <laughs> but the, the person pointed out, he's like, you look like a guy who would sell fake spats. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so so she worked at a a, a, a vaccine clinic. She was uh, going through a um, she's going to earn a graduate degree in chemistry at a part time program at Harvard University. And now, Anne Ducat, let's let's we'll get into who Ducat at this point is. She is a a very talented chemist. Now she was born in uh, Trinidad and she immigrated to Boston with her parents in the late 1980s. She attended a lot of attended a lot of prestigious schools, uh, now from you know just like preparatory schools into high schools and. On into college, uh, she actually attended, I believe it was Boston. Yeah, she did a Boston college. Mm-hmm. And she was, uh, but while there, she found herself like kind of like head and shoulders above her classmates. Yeah. Like she was really, really talented. That's a good school, so she must have been really, really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, was she, like blowing everybody out of the water yeah, at DC. Yeah, really smart. But she was like, at the time though, they were like, oh, if you were so, what one of them had asked, because she, you know, she she was definitely didn't fit the uh, fit the look of a of a student at any of these colleges, especially she at this time. Trinidadian immigrant. Trinidadian immigrant, yeah. and she was also blowing her her classmates out of the water because yeah. she was legitimately very intelligent and naturally talented. But she was a small, kind of a meek lady. She's four foot eleven, and is one of those people who had that curse of like nothing really ever being expected of them. Mm. And then like when they do outshine or outperform, it tends to set them apart as opposed to like win them any kind of like accolades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's so, like, you're just, you're weird. Yeah, 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 you're weird. That was what she, what, what she got from them. And 
So when she was at this this college, she um, somebody had, br- had brought up. She was like, they were like, oh, they asked her, how did you get all these answers right on your on your homework? And she's a little insulted. She was like, yeah, I fucking did the work. Because I'm, I'm smart. smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's so rude. Yeah, yeah, very rude. And so she was like, what she thought was like, she was like, well. I, it comes naturally to me because both my parents were doctors, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." That kind of everybody started looking at her. They're like, "Well, if you have two, you know, doctor parents and you're a genius, why weren't you at Harvard?" She's like, "Well, I was. I, I was at Harvard for a while, but I, I actually couldn't afford uh, the tuition because mm-hmm. it is just even for my parents it was expensive. So sure. now I'm here." And they were like, "Oh, damn!" And she got a little bit of that like that validation or acceptance that we're going to come to find was like kind of what she was chasing her whole career. Yeah. And she would go to some crazy uh, lengths to get it. Kind of the person we just talked about in our previous episode about the Grey's Anatomy writer kind of just willing to do, willing to do and say a lot of stuff to get that, that shine and that recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as we should come up, she actually did never go to Harvard. She was, she was, she never went to Harvard. Her parents were not doctors. She was a gifted woman who was in a field that she excelled in. And that, that, that much is true. But as far as I, uh, attempted Ivy League education, yeah. not correct. Uh, parents being doctors, not correct. That's interesting. Cause it's like, I, I feel like that isn't it. So like, it's an interesting thing to lie about because I feel like what a truly privileged person would do would be to lie the other way. Yeah. You know? So, like, the fact that she felt like such an outsider in this world that she was like, I'm going to say my parents are doctors. Whereas I feel like there are a lot of people who kind of go the other way where they sort of act like I came from nothing. Yeah. And, you know, I did this all through my my own sort of hard work. So that, that's yeah. very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. It, it is funny. I've Yeah, I've never been... I think I was lucky enough to like grow up like first of all my parents like we you know my parents were military we had, we had security you know what I'm saying yeah like, yeah it's more of a class thing is what I would find out when I go to places like mm-hmm. where like there's just things I didn't fit in with or know about you know but I remember like I think luckily just like the pop culture like we all digested growing up in like the 90s and stuff it kind of celebrated that little underdog kid absolutely the the yeah, thing. yeah yeah so I never I never need, I was never in a situation where I had to lie up yeah uh, and like but I know people are that that's a common thing to find yourself totally in. totally but it does seem way more sense for people to lie down like you know, I mean I down, feel like a lot of like it, at least sort of in the world that we're in I think lying down is more common. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, I I think in in certain fields it's like certainly yeah. more advantageous to act like you're more well connected than you are. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. Well, but yeah, we're just sort of biased as yeah. a comedians, where like people are very hostile to like any kind of nepotism. Yeah, yeah. And be like kind of lefty political people yep. who are like very distrustful of the wealthy. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what's funny is I do now that I think about it though I do I guess I could, you could say I've lied up in comedy um, to uh, to present myself as more not necessarily connected but you know, you do you'll do things and be like i don't know like you'll look you like, give a credit you're not going to elaborate on what specifically yeah, yeah. you did in that yeah sure i've yeah. been on the cw yeah, yeah. it was a local affiliate yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know it like yeah, yeah. i think I've everybody kind of called that. things a tour like well before i was getting actual tours yeah like, exactly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm on a tour like you know like i find myself using words like you know you'll use those tr- those buzzwords you're like well yeah i was at the venue and i was talking to the booker and you're like you're at mr tramps and you're talking to mitch you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> sure well that's just i mean that's just the comedy equivalent of like padding your resume a yeah bit. that's exa- all yeah, that exactly so so she after she uh she gets uh, she Starts entering into the workforce. She decides to start working at that vaccine lab, and so she uh, she gets there, and she's telling telling all of her coworkers that she's been working on this uh, this undergraduate degree at Harvard, and so 
One day she gets called into the office and there's a surprise party for her. They're just like, "Congratulations!" Because it's the time—I guess the time of like the academic year where you know you're, you're where those things would be getting wrapped up, and like it's a, it's Boston, it's a big fucking school town. So they were like, they gave her like a hey, congratulations on finishing your fucking uh, graduate degree, especially while working here the whole time. That's you know that's big you know big big news, big big uh, thing. And she clearly it was fake. Yeah. So she was like, okay, but you know what? If this is, helps me get get up with my coworkers, then yep. you know that's what's up. I'll take it. Well, she so she wants to move up in the world. So she applies and she's like she's really again a very talented chemist. So she's like being a rock star at this place. And she's starts she puts in an application for a promotion to a leadership position. Mm-hmm. And so she's been like, you know, working late nights, coming in early, working weekends for the whole year, doing everything that you want the people to notice. And she has a meeting with her boss and her boss is like, "Yeah, no, we've noticed what you're doing and, and we could probably talk about uh some, you know, like uh you know, pay like pay increases or things like that. Yep. But the the position you applied for is a leadership position, and we need people that inspire people. And again, that's where you go. Four foot eleven, soft spoken, introvert. She was like, I feel like I'm hitting like a, 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 I was like, a, yeah, a glass ceiling where I'm not gonna break through because yeah, that leadership means oh you're loud, you're brash. It doesn't mean you're hardworking that's, and intelligent, which is so frustrating. Up. Yeah. yeah, that that's really frustrating. And I she's black, right? Uh, she's Trinidadian. I would say like I mean she definitely is a woman of color. Uh, she reads yeah. that. I don't know if people would like look at her and go right, that's a, her, a black woman, but right. she definitely reads as a woman of color. So yeah, I mean that's just like. All, all the more like not only are you an immigrant, yeah. Not only are you tiny, you're also you. Not only are you a woman, you're also not white yeah. in Massachusetts of yeah. all places. <laughs> like, uh, not that there there are plenty of non-white people in Massachusetts, but yeah. they would also agree that it is tough to not be white <laughs> yeah. in Massachusetts, especially in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I, and just yeah, I can imagine yeah. being a soft-spoken person like that. Yeah, there's just nothing you can do. Yeah. It's just like. This is who I am. Yeah, like, yeah. What do you come in? Like, and dude, and this is again, like, I can speak from a, a place of privilege here, as I'm loud, I'm white, and I'm a guy, and like people tend to like me, mm-hmm. and that has gotten got me to places I have no business being. <laughs> and like, like, and like, I've been, I've worked at places, and this happens, and we talked about it in the last episode about my ex girlfriend's doctor talking to me instead of her, right? You know, but like, I remember pretty much every place I've worked at. Uh, where I'm like the only, if I'm the only white guy that works there, so you generally like food trucks and restaurants and shit like yeah. that. Everybody constantly like you're you're in charge, you're right, you're the manager. You're like, I get that all the time, and I'm like, buddy, I'm a at the time I'm a 32 year old comedian working in a food truck. Right, like, I am as far from management as one can get. Right, here, yeah, know? no, I I, I I could not have less authority yeah, in yeah. any part of my life like, by my own design. Because right, really, yes. yeah, yeah. It is very important to me that I not be in charge. That yeah. is paramount. But yeah, that, that that does happen, man. I mean, shit, I told the story about like, when I was like in one of my super broke periods just walking out of H-E-B with a gym bag full of groceries because I was wearing a shirt and a tie. And I was like, this is going to be a walk in the park. And it was. That I heard <laughs> that about, I was kind of dismayed because I, I joke a lot about stealing from Sephora, which yeah. like, I, have, I don't do as much as I joke about it, but I certainly do it and have yeah. done it. And... Man, I thought I was so sneaky, and then I heard from someone who worked there, like, "Yeah, we just let people who look rich steal." Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't look rich, but I live in New York and I'm white, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so it's just like, oh no, I'm just a total beneficiary of privilege. Yeah. Like that is the that is the only reason why I get to pocket this eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. This is so stupid. Yeah. So when she gets she gets this news that she's not moving that she's not going any further than she thought, so she's like, you know what. 
But get hop on. So she hops on uh, on the old monster.com or something of that equivalent. <laughs> and she sees a listing for a, uh, a lab tech in a state drug lab that tests and processes state's evidence in drug cases. And it says that they do prefer somebody with a graduate degree. So at this point... She's she at this point she's in a life where like she manages lies all the time. She yep. managed uh, faking you know like uh, managed getting her graduate degree just you know at this last job uh, to all her classmates. She was the the the, the daughter of doctors. She had gone to Harvard. Uh, Harvard, it's kind of crazy. Like what you lie about tends to show what you desire, you know. Mm. And like so many Harvard lies. Like <laughs> it's so interesting too because like Harvard. Harvard has sort of built a cottage industry out of the fact that people want to say they go there yeah. with the Harvard Extension School, which is like basically a way for people to take quote unquote Harvard classes without getting into Harvard yeah. or paying Harvard tuition. <laughs> and so it's like a way for regular people to be like, oh, I'm taking a class at Harvard. And it's like Harvard clearly set it up just because of the name yeah, recognition yeah, yeah. like that's the um the law the law school the harvard law school that kim kardashian was going to was harvard extension yeah, yeah like yeah. all that stuff it's like they know that people do this and so yeah. they've set up a whole thing to make money off it yeah yeah they, they have to know like they're a brand at that point oh you know? completely yeah, yeah. i mean any i work at a college like all yeah. colleges understand that but it's just so interesting that they're like how can we use the fact that people are always bullshitting yeah, yeah, and yeah. taking our name out of context to make a buck yeah, yeah, you know, and, and people never really have to think too hard about that. You know, there's, there's always some ways to figure that. There's always some uh, solutions there. So, so she she applies for this job, and uh, you know, she she gets it. So basically, what the state lab did is it identified substances that police uh, officers seized during drug arrests and raids. Since many drugs look alike, often white or off-white powders, the police would drop the evidence off the lab so Dukan and her colleagues could identify it, which they did through a series of tests. First round of tests, this uh, article is from Science History, so it's a little more science-heavy. But the first round of tests is called presumptive tests. Uh, for the, the, Basically, they tell the analysts the general class of drug that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, For example, one test involved adding formaldehyde and sulfuric acid to an unknown powder. If the sample turned reddish-purple, it was an opiate. If it turned burnt orange, it was an amphetamine. Uh, other chemicals might turn drugs green, blue, or spur reactions that form distinctly shaped crystals. Sure. So... These are the kind of you know the kind of tests that she was doing. Now, like many drug labs, the Boston lab was drowning in samples. Mm-hmm. This was around the early two thousands when she started working there. And so opiate city, opiate city, yeah. yeah, yeah, opiate city, East Coast, New oh, England. Yeah. And so that's when I was in high school. Yeah, near there, it's it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were they were so they were like pushing these these drug arrests, which you know, surprise, surprise. Did nothing to combat the drug problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, they, didn't, they didn't solve anything. And in fact, what it did was it bogged down no, the No, they're labs. making all the fucking opiates in Boston yeah, at yeah. the healthcare companies. <laughs> and then they're going to Roxbury and arresting yeah. the black people. But yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and they're fucking, they're, 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 they're cranking out these, like, in these, all these drug cases. Well, drug labs have to test every one. They're getting bogged down. They're like, yeah. they're, they, there was, I think the number was something, there were like 21,000 cases in the rears, mm-hmm. and this is like, you know, and, and, and this is, it was just getting worse. Yeah. Because there's a war on drugs. Also, post 9-11, cops were getting militarized. They were just doing, like, there was a whole bunch of police spending being put it, uh, out there, and people were, you know, the public was paying the fucking price. Yeah. So, so she starts working there, and that's a place called the Henson, the Henson State Drug, Henson State Drug, Drug Lab. Um, one more sip of whiskey there. <laughs> Make sure I don't, I don't mess that up again. So, 
She gets there and she quickly distinguishes herself as the hardest working chemist, but also the speediest. In her first year, she churned through 9,239 drug samples, roughly three times what nine other chemists tested on average. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I I feel like if you're the second most prolific chemist at that place, you call bullshit on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're like, there's no way she's doing three times as much as me. Yeah, like yeah. the second fastest person. Like it, I'm very busy. Yeah, yeah, I'm real good. In the, so that's what it, they start to. We'll see. Is they just start to look at like it just comes down to numbers. They're like, if they did, if you did this X Y Z, like you'd have to be working. 24 hours nonstop. Right, yeah, because it takes time for yeah. these reactions. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And there's, there's cali- we'll get it, like, there's calibrations that have to go into each. To, yeah. The, and the reason it takes a long time is because you have to do the job correctly to ensure that the, 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 the uh, suspect has due process. The st- yeah, the stakes are really high. There's, yeah. like, a really important um, chain of evidence and, yeah, like, process that has to be followed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So she, and at this point, she also, and again, we, we, t- we, we do stories all the time about people lying about personal tragedy to get to catch you know to stop the heat at work but Ducat didn't have to do that because uh in 2004 she met a another engineer from who was also from her native Trinidad and they married and before long she was pregnant but that first pregnancy ended in a miscarriage um the loss devastated her and put a strain in her marriage but she was actually back the next week wow and she was back the next week and they were just like hey Annie are you you sure you You want to go home yeah you can go home nobody cares (laughs) like you can go and she, as she said, this quote, she goes, I have chocolate and I have work. And that, that's my Aww. way of dealing with this, which truly sad. So the, <laughs> pretty the, grim. Yeah, pretty grim. The also, she was probably like, fuck, I got to get back to work or they're going to figure out that I've been lying about yeah, all this yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does seem, this is one thing I will say, Dukan truly seemed to enjoy, like one of those people who her therapy was work. Right. Was, was getting She really there. did like chemistry. Really did like chemistry. Yeah. But it seems like what she... She liked when she started getting those. They, they started calling her Superwoman because mm-hmm. you know scientists are so imaginative with their sure. with, with their names. Like, well, she's a woman and she's a little more above the rest of them. I'm gonna call her Superwoman. <laughs> but so she was testing like, and so she gets she gets back. She dives right back into the testing, and I think she enjoyed the work. But I think more importantly, she enjoyed the praise from the work. Sure. So more importantly than making sure that she did good work, she wanted to get praised for having good numbers. Mm-hmm. And so she gets back. The year after the first mar- miscarriage, 11th, uh, first, <laughs> spoiler alert. But, uh, she, oh, this poor woman. Yeah, she went through 11,232 samples, almost double the second place chemist. Okay. Uh, Dukan eventually did give birth to a son, and he was actually born with a few disabilities in that uh, the demands of motherhood slowed her pace, but she continued to lap her fellow chemist year after year. Gradually, though, her coworkers grew suspicious and the super of the superwoman in their midst. A colleague once caught Dukan using an uncalibrated scale. Mm. And that's a serious breach because yep. you have, let's say, you have thirteen point ninety nine grams uh, of a product on the scale. That's a much different charge than fourteen grams. Yep. And if you're not calibrating that scale, that's years on someone's yeah. present sentence. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be, and you're dealing with pretty minute. Um, measurements of weight so yeah. like you have to be really really specific yeah and then like people start noticing like that she barely touches her microscope huh which yeah, okay <laughs> which seems like, i don't know a lot about science but a microscope seems like an important tool yeah so much so that if i see a microscope i think science I, that is my so, main association <laughs> if i see a scientist not touching a microscope i gotta ask myself how much science is really how going much on here science are you really doing <laughs> absolutely so this, at this point, like, um, the, so one co- one colleague gets gets a little spooked by her, and he starts 
looking looking into her, her stuff. But see, the thing is with state drug labs is they get money from the state. Mm-hmm. And they also are eligible for federal uh, funding bonuses. And they're also private entities. They work with the state, but they're privately They're contracted, labs. yeah. They're contractors, their business, they want money. So it's, again, one of those things where the... It's something that shouldn't be incentivized. Like you, there shouldn't there shouldn't be a quick to there should be a way to make a buck off testing state drug samples. Yeah, no, it's it's gross. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like a it's another arm of like the private prison. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. It's I, money that is like yeah. coming from uh, incarcerating people. So yeah, much. so one of these guys start, starts noticing and he starts bringing it to the attention and lo and behold, wouldn't you know? Nobody was too eager to be like, oh, our rock star chemist who is putting up fucking yeah. Jordan numbers yeah. like, like, isn't uh, completely above board. Right. They don't have – it's um, – so the, the term that they use in, like, financial stuff is regulatory capture. Yeah. Where, like, uh, everybody basically, like – is all working for the same company, so there's no um, incentive to regulate. Like yeah. all of the in in financial stuff, it's like the people who work at the SEC eventually go work for private firms, like that kind of stuff. But it's also like this, where it's like the people inspecting these labs probably want jobs at these labs or are employees of these labs. Yeah. So why would they rat out anybody out? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And like you know, especially when like when you're like your your regulatory body is the police. Well, the police like that you're getting these fucking samples back. Exactly. There, and it's pretty convenient that they always come back as fucking cocaine or whatever the fu- right. whatever they thought they were going to be. Right. That's not making anybody's job harder, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so she, yeah, at one point she gets, uh, so she gets enough complaints about doing a practice. So we're going to get a little lab tech here, a little lab talk rather. Um, she was committed of, of doing a, a, t- a thing that's called dry labbing, mm-hmm. where if you have to test a bunch of samples, and I test one sample and it's cocaine, it's in a little powder, it's a little, a little tinfoil fucking pocket or whatever, yep. and I look over and I have a thousand more of those, those are all coke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This guy's not going to fucking wrap up, you know, like one cocaine bag and like 999 not cocaine bags. He will if he's smart. He will if he's smart. But he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 but get someone, get you test, the, there's a tester and then there's the ones you sell. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he, <laughs> Fucking like, but so she's looking at these things and she's like, "Man, I could, you know, she I can whip through this." Yeah, she doesn't get a she doesn't get a a, 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 a gain a, a test number for every little packet. It's all it's the whole group of them. Yeah. So if she could just get through it, you know, then she could do what's called you know she did what's called dry labbing, where you just say, "Yeah, these are more than likely that," and she just would write it down as yeah. that. Yeah. So in the midst of like personal tragedy, as well as uh, you know, like overwhelming uh, case backlogs, she still put numbers up in the board and her numbers are just growing. They're not dipping. And so the one guy starts to, to notice and he brings it up to her colleagues. Uh, and he brings it to the, to the guy, the guy who runs the lab who is her union rep, essentially. Uh-huh. And he gets told, he's telling her, he's like, hey, or telling the guy, he's like, I think she's dry lab. He goes, yeah. okay, he's like, is Miss Dukan a union employee? He goes, oh, she is. He goes, well, then I have to warn you that you could be losing your job over saying this because mm-hmm. you're defaming her. Yeah. And so this guy's like, I, he had, I got real Frank vibes, Frank Grimes guy vibes off the guy. Like, I was like, I think I'm taking fucking crazy pills. Like, <laughs> just like, like this is like Andy Dukan is his Homer Simpson and he is Frank Grimes. Well, this like, I do feel like this is, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of, it's an important sort of thing is like, that is what a union does. Yeah. Like, 
I think unions are great and I think everyone should have one, but like the union's job is to defend its members, yeah. even if its members do bad stuff. Yeah, which, like, which, which is good. Well, we need the, the fuck the, the bosses have that, you know what I'm saying? They, right, they exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, uh, I, I feel like that's why I'm like, if you hate cancel culture or whatever, you care about that bullshit, you should be pro union. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I, I think all those people should get fucking fired, but their union doesn't. Yeah. Like that, everybody needs labor protection. Even shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause then it's like, you know, then you take them to court and you find, you figure it out. Like, but, but they need an advocate. So yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting wrinkle. Cause it is like, I want this woman to be fired, but also like good for that guy for being like, you yeah. can say that. Well, you know, well the, thing, the thing is, is it kind of like it, it puts the onus on the, the whistleblower to do the same thing he is asking of the person who's blowing the whistle on is to do the work, do the yeah. research. You yep. know? So this guy, he, he's a scientist. He was like, you know what? I'm going to do the I'm research. Gonna find out. I'm going to do it. So Receipts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get those receipts. And he, so he <laughs> went in and he was in a, a, he was in a, senior, uh, uh, a senior position at the lab. And so he went in after work one day and he started kind of nosing around her workspace. And the first thing that he noticed was he was like, um, is that she produced almost no refuse or waste? He's like, if she's running through nine thousand samples a day, she's there's gonna be a mountain of a, a mountain of slides yeah. and little fucking like you know like little paper packets science that you rip stuff. things. Yeah, science stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be forms laying around, man. I mean, they are scientists to quote exactly. a half <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I thought about that movie way too much the other day while driving. I was like, <laughs> I love that movie. It's a good movie. It's it's so I don't funny. know if it like. I don't know if it would hold up if you were seeing it for the first time now. Probably but not. But like n- in 1996 or whatever, yeah, yeah. very good movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's got to be forms laying around. They are scientists. I believe it. Yeah. That's what that guy was saying to himself, looking around her workspace. Where are all the forms? You know, like <laughs> so he starts looking. That was that was the one thing he noticed. But again, he he wasn't really getting the support because nobody was ready to fucking call it in on the on the golden goose. You know, they were like, no, we're, we're good here. So. As they, 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 they start to uh, dig, starts to dig deeper, a, a, a thing happens. A, there's an arrest of a drug client in Boston. And this gentleman's case uh, all comes down to, his name was uh, Luis Melendez Diaz, and he gets arrested in 2001 for dealing drugs outside of a Kmart, which, fucking cool thing to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> what else are Kmarts for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you, you going to do, you know? They weren't, what is it, 2001, you said? This was two, but this is before what, what was happening. This is just... Yeah, uh, this well, is, I was just thinking about it in terms of, like, that's like, Kmarts are not doing well at that point. Yeah, no, Sell drugs outside of them. They're still around now. Are they crazy. really? Well, about two years ago, I had a show in, uh, in fucking um, the, the Valley uh, in... Um, Rio Grande Valley? McAllen, yeah, McAllen. Okay. I had a show in McAllen. And I went down there, and I, I just got off work. And this is back when I was, like, running ragged, where it was, like, clock out of work, drive five hours to headline a show and drive yep. back. So I was going, and I didn't have any fucking hair gel or a decent shirt. So I was like, let me just look for stores around there. And there was a Kmart open right That's next insane. to the place. And I went, and it looked like it had been doing badly since 2001. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know they were still around. Yeah. I, it went, I mean, that was 2018, so who knows. But just the border is a liminal space Yeah, things yeah, exist. Really is. So much shit that's going on there. <laughs> so they they sent the, uh, they, they basically, they found him with a bunch of little baggies of cocaine. They, they sent those in there. The chemist uh, in charge signed some court certificates, tested all the stuff, and he, it was enough to convince Melendez Diaz. Except his lawyers put forth a novel argument during the trial. They said that the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution states that the accused shall enjoy the right to be confronted with the witness against him. Mm-hmm. And they made the point that this, that this included the person who did the testing 
on his uh, yeah. drug samples. You're saying this is drugs. Come You're say this is drugs. Come on, on through. Yeah. So the Supreme Court, uh, this is back in like the fucking Scalia fucking heyday and shit. <laughs> like, so they all actually agree. They say, yeah, that 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 should be the case. So they they sit they make it a rule that you have to do this. This goes into law. Right around like two or three years into when Dukan's hitting her stride, getting those ten thousand plus samples tested a year numbers, mm-hmm. they say you got to start going to court and testifying on this. And at, across the board, every analyst was like, "This is gonna fuck us up so bad. We have no, we barely have time now." Right, it's gonna slow everything down. Yeah, it's gonna if slow we have to go to court everything, for everything down. Everyone, num- everyone's numbers took a hit. Yeah. Not Dukan's. Uh-huh. Her numbers kept going up, and then and like a pretty fucking tragic part of it. She gets called to, to, to talk about her work, and she just, I, I don't know, it, it feels like this is the point where she could, she could now, she's now just not hidden in a laboratory. She gets to see the lives she's ruining yeah. in front of her face, and this is where, like, my, like, like she is, I, th- I think there's a lot of sympathetic aspects to her character. Yeah. But... This is where it turns into it's like no you like you're you're just you're you're a sociopath like you're just out for yeah. your kind of your own thing. Man named Leonardo Johnson had been charged with selling a piece of a crack or just selling a crack rock to a junkie who was an undercover agent. He said it wasn't a crack rock; it was a piece of cashew. Mm. So he fa- he found it and he was like, yeah. He, he told it on the stand. He goes, these things they they shit. If a junkie's high, he can't tell the difference between a little piece of cash and a little piece of crack. Right. So my plan was to sell it to him for twenty dollars, take twenty dollars, and go buy real crack. Yeah. Except it was an undercover officer. So his lawyer was like slam dunk. He was like, we got this guy. He's likable. He's clean now. He's off drugs. Mm. He's a very like you know just the kind of guy you want on st- on the stand testifying to his own innocence. Sure. And he was like, and they're like, okay. Well, let's uh, let's call up Andy Dukan, and Andy Dukan was like, "No, that was cocaine." Yeah, she said, I tested it. It was a yep. crack rock. I tested it, and it was cocaine. And he was sentenced to three years in prison. Jesus, yeah, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, this is where it's like this is where it's like it stops being fun, you know. And then so, right. so then she she gets another another person because like yeah, m- most of the time it's gonna be crack, but it's not always gonna yeah, it's be not crack. always gonna be crack. It's not it's not always crack, and that's and you, you know, gotta know every time yeah. you gotta know which ones aren't crack. Like, As someone who has paid money for fake drugs before, you know, like, like, <laughs> I, let me tell you, yeah, you got you got to do your due diligence, man. <laughs> so at what point she, uh, so this she gets uh, her work gets under gets taken into scrutiny, and she's like, oh shit, I might be like I might be kind of up against the firing squad here. Yeah, and they sit down with her and. Because they don't really want to rock the boat, they don't look too hard, and all they come at her for is the fact that she incorrectly filled out some some forms and that she didn't calibrate her scales every time, mm. and she's a slight reprimand on that. Sure. So, and so, and so she gets a, a slight reprimand on that. Well, another another case comes through where one day she's going through and she has a whole thing of samples to test, and she tests the one sample. Was like, you know what? Obviously, clearly, the rest of this is is coke, mm. and so she sends it through as all cocaine. Well, another scientist doing the uh, and, and this this will to, to not her defense, but to show like the, the numbers that she's up against. This was the every time she does a test, someone does a retest. Yeah, and this was the first time, like in all of her thousands of cases she was doing, where she was wrong. I don't know if it was the first time. It was the first time where the retest it was Caught like her. they were like, "Hey, yeah, this is this isn't cocaine." Yeah, and so they sent it back to her, and it turns out what it was was the guy had like you were saying he had one bag of coke yeah. and he had a bunch of bags of cut. And it was a baby powder, baby formula, whatever, sure. like inert, inert kind of thing. So she gets that back. Well, she's testing a whole other thing at her desk now. And she's like, well, wait a minute. So she takes a little bit of cocaine from that sample. Yeah. And tests that and says, nope, see, cocaine, and sends it back. 
firstly ruining a fucking man's life. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, doubling I mean, down yeah. to not get in trouble at work and thus sending an innocent person to prison. Yeah, and so yeah, that is like I mean, I can see how she could justify it to herself if there's a retest yeah. where like mm. it's like yeah, I'm I'm being lazy, but like that someone it'll catch it yeah. but then they caught her and she's like no i'm going to fully this is planting drugs yeah somewhere. yeah like, take take the l be like you know like i hate like point look at your fake numbers i'm testing ten thousand cases a year like my right. bad i fucked up you know what i'm saying right. but like that's one of those things where like she her thing was the praise this is like yeah. one of those weird things where like i don't necessarily get like like i like being praised who doesn't like being complimented but sure. this is one of those things where like she was in it literally just to, like she liked people being like you're a rock star annie right you're a superstar it wasn't more money it wasn't anything it was yeah. just people being like you're really good at your job yeah <laughs> it was just validation yeah <laughs> which yeah is i i feel like i'm so unambitious i can't yeah, relate yeah, to I, that I, like I, I cannot relate to that like <laughs> Like, dude, I would, like, be in sales and, like, you know, sometimes they'd split you off into teams for, like, certain kind of efforts or whatever. And they'd be, like, you know, some guy, like, dude, think about me is I'm competitive. I want to make sure our numbers are fucking as high as they can be. And I'm, like, I just don't get that drive, man. I don't like, care. Yeah, yeah. Are like, you going to fire me? Yeah. No? All right, cool. <laughs> I've talked about it before how I start every interaction with a work meeting. I always, literally, I would always get in the office, like, oh, hey, do I still work here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do that, man. It, it may not be appreciated by your bosses, but like, holy shit, it changes the tenor of the meeting. It's kind of a power move because you're just like, oh, I still do have a job. All right, whatever. Yeah, just say what you're going to say. I can chill. Keep yeah, going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Texting. <laughs> so, at this, so at this point, so she, she did, now she's like, she's crossed the line to say the least. Yeah. And she starts, to, uh, she finds out that another, this happens again. They, they do a retest and it doesn't go well. So she was like, oh shit. I need some cocaine real quick to fucking to do, Plant to do this and test all on. These, yeah, yeah, and so she was like, "All right, well, she goes to the evidence locker, which is supposed to be ran by an evidence officer, right?" And she goes there where that person's off off, off lunch, and it's a lab, so I guess there's like there's like a level of security. She, well, she has clearance to like touch drugs, clearance so. to touch drugs, but it has because chain of custody, it has to be like right. They have to sign off on. Okay, Andy Dukan is test is touching this drug. Absolutely, now. yeah. For yeah. again, chain of custody stuff. And so, like, I guess like the real only like security like like um, emphasis here was just on making sure chain of custody. They didn't think any of these people were gonna be stealing drugs, so the drug safe was open. But if right. it was taken out without clearance, it was clearance, like uh. Uh-uh. Sign out sheet. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, like sheet, it yeah. wasn't that the drugs were secured in any way beyond. She just had to make sure they get yeah. signed out. So she she signs she signs it out, and one day another one of her colleagues brings the attention to the thing of like, hey, I think this lady's full of shit. Yeah. So this lady go the the main person in charge of the drug lab is going through and looking at uh, at her paperwork, and she looks plain as day on the checkout log that she checked out ninety samples of cocaine without any initials. And so she's like, okay, all right, well, this is, uh, you know, a big fucking deal. So she emails the lady, uh, Annie, and was like, hey, I need you to come to my office, uh, talk about some some uh, issues with the evidence locker fill-out sheet. And she already knows what this is about. So she gets to work that day, because she also was one of those, you know, first person in, last person out yep, kind of people. Yep. Uh, well, yeah. that's when you steal the cocaine out of yeah, the evidence locker. <laughs> so it, but before anyone gets there or after everyone leaves. Yeah. So she so she gets in she gets this email and she's like all right shit what do I do yeah. and she has a lot of shit what do I do moments and this but she's like all right here's what I'll do I know I'll go and I'll see who was who, who what was the the, the evidence uh, officer on the before my gap and who was yeah. after my gap and we'll see who it was and it was this lady I believe it was like Gloria Harden it was a GH I know that was the initials GH because she looks at the lady's GH 
and she forges the GH on the sheet. So mm. the drug lab, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, head motherfucker in charge, sits back down to overlook her case, and she calls Annie into the office. She goes, Annie, if you'll see right here, this was not, and opens it, and now it's filled in. Oh. And she knows for a fact. Yeah. She's like, yo, I saw this. This was empty. Right. And so like, now it, I know you're up to some yeah. Shit. And so Annie Dukan, like, but she like played it poker face. She was like, yep. well, well, no, see, look clearly, that was it. And she was like, okay. So she looks it up. She goes like, yeah, that lady didn't work that day. <gasps> so oh, yeah. So okay. she. So then Annie goes. She's like, all right, what do I do? And she's like, all right, look. Here's the thing. You see my numbers. I work hard. If I walk over to that thing and I'm, I need to get my samples out and get back to my desk. I'm on a time crunch. I'm yeah. on a time crunch. Yeah. Okay. So she was like, um, I, yeah, I did that. I'm sorry. I went to the chain of custody breach and began investigating the lab's procedures and practices. So many violations turned up that in summer of 2012, the state police felt compelled to seize control of the lab. Two days after the takeover, Dukan's fellow chemists spilled their suspicions about her to their new overseers. Overseer is a weird word. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but they're like, finally, maybe they won't protect this person yeah, that we all think is full of shit. Exactly. And so given the seriousness of the chain of custody violation, Dukan had already resigned from the lab at the time the state police took over. Oh, wow. So she knew the jig was up and she yeah, was like, yeah, I'm getting yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. She, she got off. I'd rather be charged with a chain of custody issue than, mm. than you know, fraud. Yep. So, but she had yet to face any consequences for dry labbing tens of thousands of samples until two detectives knocked on her door in late August 2012. The detective sat down with Dukan in her living room and laid the forged log brook and calibration reports in front of her. When asked about them, Dukan said, look, I got the work done, but, do- but not properly. I didn't follow the procedures, and that's what was wrong. In other words, she admitted to violating some technical rules, but claimed that her science stood up. Yeah. So in the middle of the interview, Dukan's husband came home, pulled her into the other room, asked her if she needed a lawyer. She assured him everything was fine. Which is not, Mistake. even if he does something wrong, go, yeah, get a lawyer. If police are knocking on your door, yeah. get a lawyer. Nothing, yeah, yeah. So when the de- detectives asked her if she'd ever dry labbed, uh, Dukan denied it. And one of the points I said, she goes, well, what's that? And the, guy, <laughs> the guy was like, you know what dry labbing you, is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> even if you, you would know it at least to know not to do it yeah. if you've been working in a lab this long. Yeah, so she said, she said, no, I would never falsify because it's someone's life that's on the line. But the detectives responded with more evidence. As mentioned, Dukan would sometimes guess that a drug was cocaine only for a subsequent machine test to find heroin or another substance. Mm-hmm. In that case, she would sneak some cocaine from a different sample and resubmit it for more testing to confirm so her every, first claim. every time she was like, no, the second test is wrong. Like, yeah. that's the thing yeah, that gets yeah, me. Yeah. like, because that's why you do the second test is because sometimes you're wrong. So, like, it's crazy that she, her ego was like, no, I need yeah. to prove the second test wrong by, like, altering sam by stealing yeah. cocaine Steal, yeah like, yeah that's fucking crazy to me also when i was when i was like reading all this i thought it was gonna come out that she was using drugs because that's just where my mind well, goes that, there's another story of another that's, woman yeah. in the massachusetts lab who was stealing tons and tons to, of to, drugs to, to do them to yeah. do them yeah. yeah which if you're gonna steal drugs that's the reason to steal them yeah not to <laughs> prove yourself right at work who cares yeah 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 you won't care about that stuff if you're doing drugs yeah if i found out somebody stole drugs to like win an argument at work like, you fucking nerd yeah and i would this take the nerd. drugs this from them this is a nerd crime <laughs> this is drugs. a nerd crime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nerd crimes <laughs> so uh, yeah so Dukan and she said you know, the, the, the detectives pressed her they were like and you know they were like look you know obviously you know they were like she said she would sometimes guess a drug was you know this and then it was it was that 
So the detectives had dug up the original samples from several of Dukan's cases mm-hmm. with initially conflicting test results. Mm-hmm. The detectives had the samples retested and determined that Dukan's assessments in these instances were wrong. It was damning proof that she'd forged the results. Yep. Despite the evidence, she still tried to downplay her fraud, insisting that she dry labbed only a few times. When the detectives pressed her again, she finally broke down. She goes, I messed up. I messed up bad. Dukan eventually pleaded guilty to 27 counts of perjury, tampering with evidence and obstruction of justice. Damn. Her confession also plunged the Massachusetts legal system into chaos because Dukan couldn't document which sample she had dry lab yeah. and which she had actually tested. So Thousands, because she was putting up yeah. Jordan numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all of these cases are at least eligible for retrial, probably, yeah. which is kind of awesome. Yeah, like, which, which is As good. someone who thinks people shouldn't go to jail for drugs, that's great. Yeah, but yeah. like... It's, it's glad, yeah. yeah, it's good that that happens. Uh, all, so eventually, all of the roughly 36,000 cases she had worked on during her career were now suspect. Yeah. The state legislature had to allocate... The state legislature had to allocate $30 million to deal with the fallout. Yeah, One, if they thought they were on a time crunch before, holy fuck. Yeah, that's, dude, that's what I was thinking. I was like, Years now they got to go back and do it again. Yeah. Undone, yeah. So they, uh, the state legislature had to allocate $30 million to deal with the fallout. One legal advocacy group estimated it would take 16 paralegals a full year of work just to oh. notify all the affected people. Jesus. Appeals flooded in. Massachusetts courts eventually overturned 21,587 convictions. Okay, now I'm like, maybe this lady's all right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she... She got 21,000 people uh, out of yeah, re- trouble yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> by fucking up. Yeah, yeah. She, she was like a broke clock that was right once, you know? <laughs> so meanwhile, Dukan got sentenced to three to five years in prison in November 2013. For comparison, tracking, trafficking a single ounce of heroin at that time carried a sentence of seven years. Okay. So considering the scale of her misdeeds, the paltriness of the sentence frustrated many. Yeah. You walk away from this feeling this is really inadequate, a state legislator said. Yeah. Indeed, Dukan didn't even serve three years. She walked out of prison a free a free woman in April 2016. Man. And yeah, that's that sucks. Yeah. Now, this is real quick about the other lady that we were talking about. Um, where was she? Oh, yeah. So this one. The, the user? Yeah. Yeah. The user. That lady, because uh, yeah, I went. In, I was like looking. I was like, let me see where all these people are at. And I found out like there's a whole other one. Uh, it was. Uh, That's a, the one. I, there's a Netflix documentary. Yeah, Sonia Farak. Yes. Yeah, Sonia Farak, and she, uh, hers were taking them out. They said uh, hers was just like she was just doing drugs, but she yeah. was also doing like dry laving and fucked up tests. Right. But probably to make up the fact that she was stealing drugs to do them. You know? Right. It's like, well, I can't test this cocaine because I did it. Yeah, so I'm yeah, just gonna yeah, say yeah. this is cocaine. We got like a COVID swab in there, just kind of <laughs> figure it out. But the person who I think about the most in all this is the the cashew guy. Yeah. Yeah, Leonardo Johnson. So Leonardo Johnson was um, he was released in I think he ended up serving two of his three year sentence. And he was actually able to sue the state yeah, of Massachusetts you get money? for two million. Good for him. Like, you know, for t- usually like you'll, like you'll hear like these like sentences are like 17, 18 years. Any amount of unjust prison time is fucked. It, it should be. Yeah. But like two years, two million. It could have been a lot fucking worse. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. I, like I don't know if I'd take that bargain, but I'd have to think about it for yeah. a minute. Like. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody like was just like, look, right now, two million, two years in prison. I, I wouldn't immediately be like, no. I'm I like, like, I would say no, but yeah. it would, I would, it wouldn't be an immediate no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Andy Dukan, I believe her and her husband split. If anybody was curious about that, that's you know, too like, bad. I know, yeah, you were losing a lot of sleep over that one, but uh, 
Yeah, she uh, she essentially gave this kind of like a softball apology, and she did her three years. I mean, she's professionally disgraced, but I would imagine right. like she could still get a job somewhere. I, I would think. Yeah, she probably can't do any science anymore. Yeah. They took her science license away, yeah. which yeah. <laughs> that's what she loved. So yeah, you know, that's prison for her. So yeah, I hope uh, you know. I hope she got a lot of praise in prison. In the right. Day. Yeah. She was the best prisoner. I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> Hannah Dukan, here's No, your... do you know how fucked up your life would be in prison if you're going to prison oh, for sending yeah, people to prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how, no yeah, good. Yeah, you know, yeah, in a women's prison, I wonder, like, how many, A, women's prisoners, but I wonder how many, they were like, yeah, yeah, my fucking husband was, you know, also in right. prison for, yeah, you're... Yeah, you're I remember you from the trial, motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah. that's a bad, that's a bad place to be. Yeah, so that's that. That is the story of Andrew Khan. Uh, worth it? Absolutely not. The Don't other lady who was stealing the drugs to do him? Possibly. Possibly <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Can't make a ruling on that one. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, guys, that is uh, that is the the story. I um, feel like the lesson from this one is like, if you ever have a drug charge, like make sure. That all of this stuff, yeah. you demand all of this demand, stuff. Demand all of it. Like, don't, yeah. man, dude, like, uh, SMA, don't take it for granted yeah. that, like, chain of custody has been followed or yeah. that, like, your sample has been tested correctly so or that the police aren't just fucking lying to your face. Yeah, so much of it. Dude, <laughs> I, I remember the first time I ever got, like, my fucking, my car flipped. I was, I was going through a fucking, I was going into Fort Hood to buy beer because you uh, beer is cheap and they sell 24 hours on military bases or they mm. used to. And so you could go past, like, midnight and get, you know, and buy beer. And this, we were fucking getting fucked up one night. This dude was like, yeah, my wife's in the military. I got a dependent ID card. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So I get pulled over. They said they found five weed seeds in my car. And they flipped my entire fucking car. Sat us there in handcuffs. Weed were there seeds. for an hour. Weed seeds. And a, Who a, a, gives a shit? It's yeah. like, these are worthless. Yeah, it's worthless. <laughs> you can't do anything with them. A detective pulls up. Walks over after this, like, like a 45 minutes of flipping the fucking car, searching us. Detective walks over, looks at all of our D cards, looks at us, goes, not them, walks off. I was wow. like, there were no weed seeds yeah. at all, ever. There wasn't yeah. anything. There was just, you, we, you, there were like four guys in a car. Here's four guys in a car. Descriptions are fit. Yep. We're going to search the whole fucking car. They made up the fact that they found the weed yeah. seeds. Like, yeah. my, my dad still worked on Fort Hood. I still got in fucking trouble from my dad. My dad was like, what the hell are you going to stop at the gate for? It was crazy, <laughs> but it, clearly no weed seeds. Yeah. So yeah, always not. ask. Always ask where the stuff's at. You know, like demand your chain of custody. Demand that your drug tech, you know, take the day off and come on into the fucking court. Yeah, man. Because there's there there's it's all it's all humans there's, that do this shit. They're gonna fuck up. Exactly. It's all humans that do this shit. There are, I'm sure many, many more people like this in that system. Maybe not as grand of a scale where it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of tests, but like yeah, no, yeah. just people. Just no. yeah, just just people, and so uh, as coming from coming from a people, let me tell you, I, I am capable of. <laughs> we make massive, a lot of mistakes. Yeah, massive <laughs> amounts of fucking uh, uh, mess up. So, yeah, guys, that's the, that's the story, man. If you guys like what you heard, uh, we do a uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. And you get to access to two more episodes a month and access to our Discord server, which is a great place to be right now. And we also have, uh, I'm on tour. Uh, we're all over the country for like the next couple weeks. And you can look up all my tour dates on my Twitter and Instagram. That's at PZTX, P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X. Uh, Kathy, got anything for us? Um, yeah, I have some shows coming up. Um, the big one is my other podcast, What a Time to Be Alive, which is about funny news stories. Uh, we do that every week. We have a live show July 8th at the gutter, uh, which is a really fun bowling alley dive bar in Greenpoint. So if you're in the New York City area, come check that out. Uh, that should be really fun. That's July 8th. 
And I have a bunch of other stuff too. Um, I post all my dates on my Twitter at Kath Barbadoro. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be traveling a little bit this summer. Um, maybe DC coming to Boston or sorry, Austin, not Boston. This episode is confusing me. I'll be coming to Boston to plant some drugs on people. Um, yeah, no, follow me on Twitter and, uh, hopefully I will come to your city. So thanks for listening. Yeah, guys. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, man. Uh, you know, summer is upon us. Got a lot of fun stuff going on. So everybody be safe, be smart, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time.